0: encourage you to believe God today. The Lord has beautiful things for you. I want to welcome our online people, our friends of Crossroads all over the world. Welcome you to this service. The Lord is good. I just want to read to you Psalms 100 verse verse uh, 5. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. For the Lord is good. I want you to know that the enemy hates when you say the Lord is good. Why? Because we agree with the Lord. See agreement creates power. He wants us to say the Lord is not good. That our circumstances are telling us that the Lord, why would God let me have this happen to me? He must not be good. He must not, see, that's what the enemy wants. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord is good. 365 days of the year, the Lord is good. And we're going to declare No matter what you're going through, we're going to declare the goodness of our God. For you are good all the time. Come on. All right. The Lord has greater freedom in this house. Come on. We're in a new season. This is the first Sunday where we are getting to uh, be back inside together, both services. Last Sunday, we started with the second service. This is the first service. This is the first time both services, 830 and 1030, are back together in house, together worshiping the Lord. It was seven months of waiting. And I'm going to tell you, there is greater freedom, not less freedom, greater freedom, greater freedom over you. And you know what? There's a breakthrough for greater freedom over you. And you know what? The Lord is saying, I want you to believe me for that. Acts chapter 12, I shared this with first service as well. Acts chapter 12 is the story of Peter when he's locked up in prison by Herod. And the fact is this, the angel of the Lord comes to him. Verse 7 of chapter 12, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. The angel struck Peter's side and awakened him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. The angel said to him, prepare yourself. Come on, prepare yourself. Um, Strap on your sandals to get ready for whatever may happen. And Peter did so. Then the angel told him, put on your robe and follow me. And Peter went out following the angel. Now listen to this, verse 9. He did not realize, that is Peter, that what was being done by the angel was real. (laughs) He thought it was a vision. He thought he was having a good dream being in the prison. I'm going to tell you that the Lord is going to bring what we've prayed for in heaven down into reality, it down into the physical realm. Not that it's not real in the spiritual realm, But he's going to bring it manifest, he's going to manifest. You know what, later when Peter starts going to the house of the believers and he knocks on the door, guess what, they don't believe that Peter's there. Because they too, the Lord is bringing them into the reality of answered prayer, answered prayer. Some of you, some of you have been praying a long time and you're in your prayer closet, but you're not expecting. You're not expecting. And the Lord says, I'm raising your expectation because when we pray, we pray what's in heaven to come down on earth. We're praying, Lord, the manifest presence of heaven, the healing presence, the, the, the wholeness, the goodness, the uh, miraculous power that the Lord has. And the fact is this, we have been shifted, this house at Friends of Crossroads, over this last few months, we have been shifted that the Lord is bringing the miraculous Into fruition, the Lord is causing what we have prayed for that we even thought this is a crazy prayer that this could never happen. But you know what? I'm just going to pray because the Lord told us to pray, so we're in our prayer closet. And then when it starts happening, let us recognize it and say, This isn't a dream, this isn't a vision, this is the reality of God, that this is what He does in my. This is what He does in my friends' lives, in my children's lives. Come on. Freedom. Come on. Don't you get in? that Sometimes... I'm just going to say this. Sometimes we can hide out in the prayer closet. Come on. Hide out. You know, between me and God. And the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to bring what was in that prayer closet into manifest presence. What you've prayed for, I'm going to bring it into manifest presence. So for all to see, for people to see, for there to be testimony in the real world right here, not what is in and heaven bring down on earth. Lord, we declare this. Come on, greater freedom over this house. You standing here, you here at the 1030 service, you watching by Facebook live stream. The Lord says I'm increasing over you. Manifest presence that what you prayed for will now come into fruition in the physical realm. The Lord is bringing increase over this house. He's bringing increase in the capacity to believe him for things that seem impossible. But we know that our God is a God of the impossible. For what is impossible with man is possible with God. Come on let's sing this. As we sing this song, I want you to confront, confront your own unbelief in what God can do. I'm going to tell you over the last three months since August, as I was raising money for the Mackay house, $100,000, the Lord asked me to raise for the Mackay house. And the fact is this, I'm going to tell you that it was in my heart a challenge because I would have to confront my unbelief. And I would walk the trail. The gym was closed, so I walked the trail behind me every day for an hour and a half, and I would sob. I would cry because I was confronting my own unbelief. I was saying, Lord, I have no idea how you're going to do this because when I add it up, it doesn't add up. Not right now, not with what the resources that it looks like I have at my disposal and the Lord confronted me on my belief and said, believe me. And I would sob because I knew the Lord was deep in a, d- digging a deeper well of faith. And right now, as we sing that song, we are seated in heavenly places. You are a champion. But you know what? As we're singing that, let the Lord confront your unbelief. For some of you, the Lord is saying, believe me for more. You have settled in to the meager. You have settled in to what you can see. You have settled in to what you can add up. You have settled in to what your mind can grasp. But I am the God is who, who is beyond that. I do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or imagine. This is a gift to his children. This is who we are. And let the Lord confront you. Let him confront your belief. He wants you to grow deeper in your faith in him, what he can do in your life, what he could do through your life, how he wants you to believe him. You are my champion. Come on. I want to have you be seated for a minute. What we're going to be doing, I'm going to have Rhonda come down. She's going to give a testimony you know what we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and we want to make sure that we're celebrating what god is doing in this house and during the women's retreat we had four women give testimonies of what god has done since they've come to this church since they've come to this house and believed god for different areas of their life and so Rhonda's going to give a testimony and then we'll pray come on Rhonda.
1: Well, the Lord has been having me on a healing journey it may not be complete I don't know but I'm on this journey of, of healing and he's, this, this journey started hearing the message that my d- identity is in Christ Jesus and not the identity of victim I had to break the spirit of victimization off of me a lot of you have heard my testimony about my home life as a child It was a very abusive home, physically, mentally, and sexually. Although I'd been a Christian for a very long time, I still struggled with a low self-esteem. My freedom came when God gave me the breakthrough and wisdom that I actually hated myself. And because I hated myself, my body was reacting to that hatred, and that is why I developed lupus. For those of you who don't know what lupus is, it's an autoimmune disease where your white blood cells that are created to destroy infection and disease in your body have now become hyper accelerated and they start destroying good tissue within your body. In other words, I hated myself so much and the hatred grew and became so acute that I was killing myself. Once God had revealed this to me, I had to repent and ask the Lord to help me to not just like myself, but love myself. That was a journey in itself. But then in 2019, at the Thirst Conference, the Lord said, it's time to get off your medication. I had three medications that came to mind immediately. Migraine medication to prevent migraines antidepressants that I'd been on since um, the diagnosis of lupus, which I was 30 when I was diagnosed, so I've been on them for a long time, and the medication that I was taking for lupus, which is called Plaquenil, or another name is hydrochloroquine. I talked with my doctor, and she guided me on how to wean myself off of the migraine medication. I've been off of that medication since the summer of 2019. Amen. (laughs) Next, I told the doctor that I wanted to get off the antidepressant, and she gave me a plan to wean myself off of that medication, and I've been off of that since November or December of 2019. Amen. But to tell you the truth, I was a little more concerned regarding the lupus medication, so I prayed, Lord... I will obey your lead, but please let me know for sure that you want me to get off this medication. I don't want to just do it in myself being excited and and eager, but I want to get off of it if it's your lead. So I'll take your lead. Um, I was still praying about it in March of this year when COVID-19 hit Plaquenil or hydrochloroquine was one of the medications that the doctors found to be very helpful for patients with the COVID-19 virus. When I called in for my refill, um, I was told that there was a shortage of this medication and that they couldn't refill my prescription. I took this as an answer to God's prayer. The doctor called me to discuss what other options that I had, and I told her that I'd been considering getting off the medication altogether. So she asked me how many pills I had left and made a plan for me to wean myself off the medication. When I think back, it's amazing. She never asked me, why are you doing this? She never said, should you reconsider? I never got anything negative from the doctor, so that's a miracle right there. Anyway, um, there, 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 there was a miracle of multiplication when I was weaning off of the Plaquenil, which was amazing too. The doctor was concerned at first because I only had one week of medication left in the bottle, but with a carefully made plan, instead of taking two a day, I was to start taking one a day for five days, then take half a pill until the medication was gone. This, with how many pills I had, this should have taken a little over three weeks to complete the medication. Using this plan the doctor gave me, I started in mid-March, and I wasn't through with the medication until the end of April. That is six weeks. So the Lord multiplied the medicine, probably for my own health and safety. That's all I can say. God is good. So um, then I had my yearly checkup just this week. My doctor called me um, just this week and said, you got to have blood work. I want to check your blood work out. And then we'll have a video appointment on Friday and just go over everything. When I got on the video, my doctor just kept saying, you look so young. What did you do? And I'm going, nothing. She goes, I mean, she even suggested surgery and stuff like that. I'm going, no, nothing. She goes, you just look so young and good. So I praise God for that. God is good. Amen. At the recent women's retreat that we just had last, this last month, um, Pastor Lynn spoke on a familiar spirits. And we might have a familiar spirit that we've welcomed into our lives. We're comfortable with this spirit. She named a few of them, spirit of victimization, spirit of depression, spirit of fear, and spirit of greed. As I was listening, I'm checking off the list, and I had all of these at one point, but with God's help, I'd been freed from all of them. Then she came to the last one, and she said, spirit of self-pity. I thought, nah, I don't have that. Then Pastor Lynn spoke on how it was a sneaky spirit. If you're familiar with this spirit, you may have trouble being jealous of others or what God is doing on others. You may have selfish responses to things if they don't go the way that you thought they should. You might even disguise your selfish response as righteous indignations. This familiar spirit of self-pity chokes out faith. It kills joy and it robs you of your desire to serve others it can create burnout and it can poison relationships it's a way for the enemy to isolate you and breathe a spirit of loneliness oh my i realized i did have this familiar spirit I had been asking the Lord for a while to help me because I did get jealous of what the good things that God was doing in others, thinking, I want that, I wanted that, I've been praying for that, poor me, poor me. So when I realized that I did have this spirit, I denounced that spirit, I demanded it to leave, and in its place, I traded the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, the spirit of freedom, the spirit of faith, and the spirit of abundance. I asked the Lord to forgive me for allowing this spirit of self pity uh, self-pity to become a part of my life. The Lord revealed to me uh, at that point that this is a spirit that goes hand in hand with the spirit of victimization. And it had been hanging around even after I denounced the spirit of victimization, because I guess I didn't speak it out. But now, it's sneaky, yes, but now I am free. And I will continue to be free. If that familiar spirit of self-pity tries to sneak back up, I will recognize it and denounce it, and I will not accept it or give it a place in my mind, spirit, or in my emotions. I feel I'm still on this healing journey. The Lord's been so good to me and patient with me. I was able to forgive my abuser's A while back, but for over 50 years, I wasn't able to get rid of the shame, guilt, and self-hatred. But God is good, and he is faithful, and he will continue to bring me to complete freedom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. On this journey, I've discovered that what God has done for me, he can do for you. The reason why I give my testimony today is that because one person's testimony is another person's prophecy. Do you need to be free of something? Is there something that the Lord wants to heal you of? Is there something that you've depended upon that the Lord says, it is time to release these things to me? Maybe you need to be free of a familiar spirit that wants to hold you and steal his life from you today is the day to be free amen all right
0: now this is the thing one person's testimony is another person's prophecy meaning you know what there's a, this is a house of freedom and the lord is saying i want you to be free john eight thirty one says this if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings. See, this is what happened for Rhonda. She continually obeyed his teachings. When Jesus came and he said, okay, Rhonda, it's time for you. You've been on that medication, but now it's time. It's time for you to believe me that you can be off that medication obey my teachings, and live in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth, and he's a truth teller. The Holy Spirit is a truth teller, yes, even about ourselves. And why does he tell us the truth about ourselves? Because he wants us to be free. He wants us to be free, and we're in process. Listen, we none of us have arrived. That's what Rhonda's testimony is about. She's been a believer for decades, and the Lord is saying, I'm processing you still, bringing you into greater victory and greater glory as you obey my teachings, as you respond to the Holy Spirit. Is there something that the Lord wants to free you from? Is there something that the Lord wants to free you from? It could be maybe some chemical dependence, Maybe you, just like Rhonda, have taken medications for years. And the fact is this, this isn't about an anti-medication sermon, of course, because she consulted her doctor. She did all that was, she was supposed to do. But it is about obeying the voice of the Lord. See, the fact is this, the Lord came to her and said, Listen, this is the time for you. Some of us, were taking some chemicals that have nothing to do with prescribed medications but rather dependent on things to help us sleep that we shouldn't be dependent upon because the Lord says, I want to be the one that makes you sleep. I want you to sleep your sweet sleep. I want you to know that I sing over you at night, that I am the one who gives you the lullaby over your spirit. You don't have to take something so that when you get up, you're so groggy, you feel like you have a hangover. Come on, people. Come on, I'm going to get real. I know where we live. I know where we live. And I know sometimes we go through things that stress us out to the degree. But I'm going to tell you that we may need something to help us sleep. But that's temporary. At best, it's temporary. It should not be permanent for us. Come on, people. This is what Scripture says. Third John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health. In how many ways? Is that the word of the Lord? Is that scripture? And in every way, and in every way, you may succeed and prosper and be in good health, just as I know your soul prospers. Verse 3, For I was greatly pleased when brothers came and testified to your faithfulness to the truth. Isn't that interesting that he connects Truth with our soul prospering. The brothers came and testified to your faithfulness to the truth. That is how you are walking in truth. Okay, you know what we're gonna do? If if Rhonda's testimony, if there's just one aspect, it may not be chemical dependency or it may not be about medication, it may not be about needing to drink alcohol because you're you need to. To feel better about something. It may not be anything physical, it may be spiritual, it may be emotional, maybe. You um, are on that slippery slope of self-pity. Maybe you tend to get depressed, and the Lord's saying, you know what? I have come that you might have abundant life. You say, well, my mama suffered with depression, and my grandma suffered with depression, and my great-great-great-grandma suffered with depression, so I just suffered with depression. Come on, let's break that chain. Let's break that chain. I'm going to tell you what. I had the line of depression in my family. The chain has been broken. The chain has been broken. And I'm telling you, it is possible. Just like what Rhonda's testimony is, is it's possible for those of us who believe, I'm going to walk in his truth, that he said that I could have abundant life. I have come that you might have life, a life abundantly. I pray that your soul may prosper, that your body would be in good health, according to 3 John. All right, if you say, you know what? There's something that I could be free from. I want you to stand. We're just going to pray. You know what? No shame over that. No shame over that. You're walking. You're in process. We're in process. We take step by step. It's not just one, one day that we're just perfect. We take step by step. That's what the Lord says. You know what? He who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, he's, he's at work. He's at work. He's at work. He's on the increase in you. Okay, lift your hands and pray. You know what? This is a day for freedom. And for some of you, you know, he's beginning the process. Just like Rhonda's testimony. She, it didn't all happen in one day. It happened over process. She dealt with each medication separately. She consulted her doctor. She dealt with things separately. And the Lord brought freedom. Freedom. Just like the story about Peter leaving the jail cell. The angel says, now the chains are broken. Now get on your clothes. Now get ready to go. He's giving him process to leave the jail cell and to start walking out of that. There's process. Don't be ashamed of a process, but obey the process. Don't stay in the jail cell don't stay in the prison obey that process say okay i'm gonna start walking out Woo! i'm gonna get on my shoes yeah i'm gonna start getting on my cloak i'm out of this place come on (laughs) listen the word of god scripture is all about testimony all of us broken people jesus putting together making empowered having his holy spirit dwell in us that we are seated with christ in heavenly places that we walk in authority Let's pray, Lord. Today's the day of freedom. Your word over us is beloved, beloved. That means I love you, beloved, the one that I love. I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health just as I know your soul prospers. In other words, your emotional well-being, you have emotional well-being, that your body is healthy, that your emo- you have strong emotional well-being. You don't have to have the slippery slope of victimization or depression or anxiety or fear. Your soul will prosper. The Lord said, In Psalms 23, he restores my soul. In other words, he takes those places that may be all broken up. He takes those places, those generational curses, those patterns handed down to me. And he says, you know what? You don't have to walk in that. I'm going to restore your soul. I'm going to cause you to walk in wholeness. Yeah, you may have had some broken days. You may have had some abusive experiences. You may have had some bad examples. But guess what? but I restore your soul. I restore your soul because I am the good God. I am the good shepherd. Lord, we pray this over us right now. You are the God of freedom. You are the God that surrounds us. You are the God that protects us. You are the God that releases us from stuff from stuff, Lord. And Lord, you're so good, you process us. You bring us through process. You gently lead us as the shepherd does. You lead us and guide us. Lord, you don't jerk us around. You don't throw us into the deep end of the pool. You say, you know, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to teach you how to doggy paddle. Then I'm going to teach you how to swim a little bit. Then I'm going to teach you how to back, do the back whatever it is. Pastor David knows, but I don't know. But the is this. However it increases, it increases. And then he takes us from the, the baby pool to the big pool. And then he takes us from the big pool to the lake. And then he takes us from the lake to the ocean. Because he is a God that says, you don't have to be afraid. I am the one that is overcome and I have given to you all power and authority because I am seated in heaven and heavenly places. And therefore you are seated there. And that's why we can be overcomers, because you are the overcomer, so we declare it, we decree it, Lord, in your name, and we thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing that song. Come on, worship team, let's sing that song. Oh, Pastor David has a word.
2: I want to say something because uh, I don't want the enemy to steal what God just did for you right now. And one of the things that often happens is when we make a spiritual commitment, the enemy will say, well, that wasn't real. It was just emotion. Well, you know, it may be emotion, but it's truth. And the truth is what sets you free. So when the enemy comes and says to you, oh, you can't be free from this. You can't be free from that. Just remember this. He is a liar. And everything he tells you is a lie. And it may be sugarcoated with a little bit of, well, it's partially truth. Well, if it's partial truth, it's still a lie. So you, you don't fall into the lie of the enemy to deceive you, yeah. to make you think that what he's just set you free from, you are, have to go back into bondage right, for, right, all right? Right, right? And then this, you got to surround yourself, not just with the Lord, but you got to surround yourself with people that are going to believe with you yeah. that you can overcome this. Yeah. And let me tell you, I was, I was one of those guys, I was drugs, alcohol, all that garbage, and I had to replant myself into fertile soil so that I wasn't around the people that would continue to pull me back into the quagmire and mud, all right? And that's, that's God's doing his part. Now you gotta do your part. Do you hear me? Obey, 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 listen, all right? So let's stand, we're gonna worship the Lord, but I want to give you that word of encouragement.
0: Today is, I just want you to say yes to him. Just say yes. Say yes. Lord, I say yes to what you've asked of me to believe you for. I say yes, Lord, because I know, Lord, you have defeated. Every principality and power and demonic force working against me. You have defeated those things. You have defeated and made a mockery of the spirit of death. You have defeated it. And that spirit of death will not be in any part of my life. That spirit of death was destroyed because of your death on the cross. You destroyed it. And Lord, we can walk in that abundant life. We can walk just as Third John says that we can succeed and prosper and be in good health and that our soul can prosper we declare this word over our lives and now lord just as pastor david said just as Rhonda's example indicated we will walk it out in your truth we will walk it out we will be committed to you in this process in your name amen god bless you may be seated come on up here anthony
3: all right good morning crossroads good morning to those watching at home or wherever you may be a few announcements uh for the week uh just a heads up october is almost over october is pastor appreciation month uh so if you can get those uh Appreciation letters, those gifts in. I think Pastor Lynn, you said Gucci or Fendi yes. and stuff like, right? Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, Home Depot for Pastor. Yeah, uh, so any anything you you feel God puts on your heart uh, uh, to give to your pastors, your your youth leaders. Uh, the Bible defines pastor as a shepherd. You know, somebody that that guides you and walks you through uh, safely, and you know. Uh, to some, especially those at home, they might not be uh, specifically any of our pastors here. They may be somebody that uh, that guides you throughout your day, uh, whether at work or whether somewhere else. Just give them uh, some uh, notice of appreciation. Uh, that's, that's good for anybody, but especially this month for our, our pastors and leaders. <laughs> uh, weekly newsletter, please sign up. Just uh, make sure you get an email or write it on your um, your offering card uh envelope, write it down, write your email that way we can go ahead and send you out uh, the weekly newsletter that comes with all the pertinent information of everything going on, uh whether this coming week or whether uh anything that we're working with any of our our missionaries or any any goals we're trying to meet as a church uh do you guys like coming Sundays is, is Sunday's a good time, right Sundays you get filled uh but I need more uh, it's hard on my own um i'm i'm a stay at home dad it's hard on my own to to get into the word um also because i procrastinate so it's not just things around me it's also me um but I love coming Sundays. I love getting filled. We also have a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a youth ministry. We have life groups. Uh, Please get into a a group, get into something uh, to keep you going, keep you motivated. Um, I told them this morning a a little story. We were at my grandma's yesterday doing a garage sale. And uh, when we were done, um, uh, my wife and my grandma were speaking on uh, how the Holy Spirit moves and how to listen to the Holy Spirit and a song popped into my head and it's a song I hadn't heard in a long time uh by uh the group DC Talk which is a 90s early 2000s uh uh, group and um I'm just thinking like oh that's weird the songs in my head and I just kept singing the one part over and over again and uh and then I told them that uh the way the Lord works with me is if he's pushing me to say something, or, or it's, it's something that I'm supposed to say, and when I start getting like, oh, I don't know, Lord, I'm, that's, I shouldn't say that, uh, my tongue starts to get uh, feel hot, or it feels like it's getting swollen, and that's when I know, like, for sure, the Lord's like, nope, spit it out, or, you know, so um, it, this is for somebody, because I've felt this way, and it's easy to fall into this, uh, the, the lyrics to the song uh, are, what if I stumble, what if I fall? Uh, what if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Uh, would the love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? What if i fall um, and and that it's it 's easy you know before covid I felt like I was running right beside god you know i I was feeling good in my walk i was I was ready to to get into new ventures and stuff like that once covid hit i was i wasn 't even crawling I was on my back you know just like <laughs> And um, you know now it's I, I'm back up again, and you know getting into a ministry is is what definitely helps. It, it definitely keeps you going, keeps you keeps your legs moving, keeps them strong. You know. So please get into something uh, again. If you have the weekly newsletter, it's got all the all the leaders and all the pertinent information you need for that. Okay, sermons. Listening to them um, online. If you got uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, my wife, she listens back. She's here. But she'll listen back to it again um, just to to take notes, catch something she might have missed. You know, uh, like I said last week, the Lord will speak out to you on something. And then the next time you listen, you might not hear that, but you'll hear something different. Uh, God works in amazing ways. And if you continue to listen to the sermons and, and you'll get something out of them every time. Uh, moving on to our um, annual business meeting, that will be next week, next Sunday, uh, so all the uh, members uh, of the church can, can come to that. It'll be 1230 after the uh, the second service here, and that'll be uh, here in the sanctuary, so again 1230, and uh, we have some uh, reports already on the outs- outside, on the foyer, and... Uh, we have Brian Bristol and David Iwanaga are the nominees for board members. So please come out and get your votes in. Okay, so it's a voting season apparently. Uh, uh, missionaries, please pray for all of our missionaries. Um, you know these these people. A lot of them are out there with minimal resources, if any. Um, some of them out there with their lives on the line, and. Um, they do it for the glory of God to you know to get God's word out there, to bring people to the Lord, and uh, it's an it's an amazing thing. Um, our missionaries of the week this week, who uh, Pastor said was watching, so we just want to say hello, uh, is to Pastor Prakash and Naina Swarma in Nepal. So all the way from Nepal, we've got people watching. Um, they um, they've built their own church out in Nepal. Uh, by hand with with their new converts. So, you know, imagine going somewhere and saying, hey, do you want to come and join this thing? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Okay, well, you have to help me build the building in order to do that. You know, that's that's faith and that's, you know, that's obedience. That's amazing. So we thank you and, and we, again, say hello to you out there. Um, oh, and that Women of Hope is going to be supporting them, Right. Women of the world, I'm sorry, are going to be supporting them in their endeavors and everything that they do. So that's that's another amazing thing. Uh, Brings us to Mackay House. So we have reached our goal. One hundred thousand dollars to Mackay House. And I didn't think of this in the first service, but we we reached that. We reached a goal for new equipment in the church. Plus, we're we're not in the red in our building and in, in our tithing and anything like that So this is faith guys this is you know obedience and faith which is amazing you know to be able to do something like that in, a, in an area where you know women and children are just you know cast aside it's to give them a home and a place to be is amazing so amen god bless um the church is looking for uh two part-time hourly positions Uh, That is for some light maintenance and repair work and also some IT assistance. So if you have any skill in that or know anybody that's um, uh, willing to to come out and and apply for that, just have them come because that's not me. So somebody else else needs to come and do that. Uh, We're going to go ahead and collect tithes and offering right now. Uh, Brother Mike is going to be walking around collecting that. Um, If I can have everybody bow your heads and we'll go ahead and... Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your glory, Father God. Lord, we ask right now, Father, that those that are going to be giving, Father, that they give joyfully, Lord God, and not expecting, Father God, but give out of faith, Lord God. And Lord God, that we ask that those that do give, Father, that you just bless, Father. You take the money, Father God. You take the funds, and you just continue to... uh, Multiply it, Father God. Use it where, you, where it needs to be used, Father God. And Lord, that way we can continue to help our missionaries. We can continue to do new buildings, new ventures, Father God, for you, Lord God. Because everything we do, Father God, is for you in your name, Father God, to bring more people to you, Father. And we thank you, Father God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
0: I want to thank you for giving to the Makai house. I want you to realize that that was a miracle. You want to be a part of a miracle? You just were. Because from August 1st to to date, to this week, we raised $100,000. You know, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I want you to know it has opened up a whole new dimension over this house. God is going to do even greater things as a result of the faith that was expressed through our giving. There is something even greater, miraculous in your lives. Because the Lord says, you know what? If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. And there was sowing. You know, this, this money that came in was from young families. Zoe, for her birthday, Zoe Chavez, for her birthday, raised $1,500. That actually was the last amount that we needed. One of the little children of this house. So I went from the old... From the older crowd, to the young families, to the newly married, to the singles, they gave, and they gave generously, they gave sacrificially, and you know what? The Lord is going to do something even more powerful as a result, and we're going to watch for that. The Lord says, expect that. So I just want to give you a thank you for believing God with me regarding this, and you know what? We have just entered into a whole new season, a whole new dimension with the Lord as a result. So, God bless you and thank you.
2: That's good. God is good, isn't he? You know, I... man, some somebody... of you, God is good, isn't he? Maybe I could, I could pull in an Anthony. God is good. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. God was That's the Lord speaking to you, okay? I love picking on people. I'm an equal opportunity picker on her, you know? Hey, I want to tell you something, too, is, uh, you know, this whole thing with the, the breakthrough financially for what we did for the Mackay House, we just didn't do that. We also raised $15,000 for a van. We also raised uh, $16,000 for a video s- System, so we don't have to, this little tripod here. Uh, that is a miracle. I don't, I don't know if you understand this. And and one of the things that we pray over you and your businesses and your homes and and the people that call this church their home, uh, whether you're here in person or here online, that we really believe God wants to release blessing over us, and it's not to use for ourselves, but it's to sow into others. You see, I, I get letters every week, emails every week. I got two this week from different uh, missions organizations. One of them telling me that their giving went down 70%. I mean, that's, that's amazing, right? Because let me tell you from a pastor's perspective, one of the things that often happens when you go through a, a financially tight time is people will say, well, let's just stop giving to missions. And that's like the kiss of death on you. I believe that the prosperity of this house is directly related to us sowing into others because it's not about hoarding money. We're not, you know, we have decent bank accounts, but that's safety in in making sure that we have provision that if something does happen We have provision to take care of this facility and the staff of the school and the responsibilities we have to our mortgage and things like that. Which, by the way, I believe we have $116,000 in our mortgage. I want to see that paid off. okay? And I believe there's a direct correlation between us sowing into the Mackay house with our mortgage being paid off. And if any of you get a windfall and you get a million dollars and you want to tithe on that, just write a check to Crossroads and we'll put your picture someplace along the building here, okay? Uh, and I want to say one last thing because with the offering's done, so we're not taking any, any offering right now, but the very thing that the enemy wanted to destroy this house with was finances. Uh, eight years ago, this church was in a very, very dire situation financially, and the Lord has been very very good to this house. You may not know it, you may not been oblivious to it, you may be new since we got here, uh but God did some great things and the very thing that the enemy wanted to destroy is the very anointing upon the house. Okay? Let me let me put that into a personal thing for you. Some of the very things that the enemy wants to use to destroy you is the very anointing that God wants to release through you. Okay? Like, we have an anointing to pray for people to get houses. Why? Because one of the houses that we had foreclosed and we lost. And that was something the enemy thought, well, I'm going to destroy you, and you're, you're never going to have a home. Well, I never thought I'd have a home in Silicon Valley that doubled in price since we bought it. But I do. And let me tell you why. Because the anointing on us that the enemy tried to steal is the very thing God wants to release through us. And so when you're going through a difficulty, just look at this. The enemy realizes that's an area of anointing in your life that he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but God wants to breathe life onto it so that it can be a blessing, not just to you, but the people around you, okay? That's not even a sermon. That's just, that's a word from our sponsor, okay? (laughs) Hey, so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the the Old Testament uh, prophet Zechariah. I'll get there in a minute. But I want to talk to you this morning. We're in, we've been in a series on the names of God, and the reason we've been studying the names of God is because we want you to know the character of God. We put these banners around the church with the different names of God from the Old Testament because we want you to see uh, and, and, and witness the name of God for your provider, your healer, your deliverer, your savior. And so, you know, this morning I want to talk to you from the book of Zechariah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 is where we're going to be looking but I want to talk to you about the wall of fire. That's one of the names of God. And those of us in California, we're very familiar with fire. As a matter of fact, today there is a, uh, a warning out from PG&E that they may have to shut down hundreds of thousands of people's power to their homes because the winds are coming and they're afraid there's going to be another bout of fire. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I went on to the California Department of uh, uh, Fire, whatever it's called, uh, CAL FIRE. And we've had 8,200 fires in California this year. That's burned over four million acres. That's insane. That's you know we were down seeing our son. We flew out to do some work at uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base, and we flew down to, or drove down to see him. And on the way home, there were lightning strikes. We could see from our hotel. And by the time we drove from. From the hotel back to 101, there were fires all over the place. That was the beginning of all the, the major fires we had. You know, they, they have over 20,000 firefighters, and some are coming as far from Israel to fight the fires in California. So we're very aware of fire in the destructive nature, but I want to talk to you this morning about fire in the protective nature because that is who our God is. He is a wall of fire that is around us, insulating us, protecting us, keeping us safe. And, you know, uh, I, love, I love the Pacific Rim because it's, it's called the ring of fire. You know, that's what, that's actually a name from Scripture, that he is a ring of fire around us. And, uh, you know, those of you who've been around a little bit, you know I am I'm, I'm not a physical pyromaniac, but I'm a spiritual pyromaniac. My role as your pastor is to get you on fire so you can have all that the Lord has for you. And sometimes, you know, I was, I was in scouting. I was an Eagle Scout. And I used to do wilderness survival. And sometimes when you're building a fire, you have to get down and blow on it a little bit. You know, you have to breathe on it. You have to speak life into it. And that's hopefully what our, our messages are to you. They're breathing life onto you. Sometimes I just need to pour out some kerosene from the Holy Spirit on you. That you just, you know, there's a little ember there, but yet we got to have a, an additive to it. And I tell you, there is nothing more powerful for your spiritual development and your walk with the Lord than you be, become energized by the things of the Spirit. So I want to look at the name of God because in Zechariah chapter 2, the background is this. The prophet has been having a series of visions from the Lord. He's been hearing the Lord speak to him and having these encounters with the Lord. And and his third encounter, uh, the third vision he has with the Lord, is where chapter uh, 2 picks up. I want to read verses 1 through 5. Zechariah 2, 1 through 5. And it says this. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw a man with a measuring line in hand. Where are you going, I asked, to measure Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the city, the dwelling place of God. So the people of Israel, so you know a little bit more of the background, they were in the midst of being attacked, physically uh, attacked by an army from another nation that was trying to overtake them. During the midst of this battle that they're having, the prophet of God has an encounter with a a, a divine being. An angel comes and gives him this divine vision And he says to him this in verse three, then the angel who was speaking with me, uh, excuse me, let me finish verse two, to measure Jerusalem, he uh, replied, and to determine the width and length, all right? All you have to know what width and length is, width is what you've gained since COVID happened, okay? Length is the time it's going to take you to take that off, all right? Uh, And then he says in verse three, and then the angel who was speaking with me went out and another angel came to, uh, uh, to, to meet him and said to him run and tell the young man Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock within it and then in verse 5 it's interesting he has his word spoken to him that is really a powerful powerful name of god he says for i will be a wall of fire around it around where the the dwelling place of god where the spirit of god dwells I'm going to be a wall of fire around it. And then look at the end of verse, the verse he says, and I will be the glory within it. See, there's a two-part promise God's word gives to us about what he's going to be for those that dwell in his presence. Now, in the, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God dwelt in a place. In the New Testament, the spirit of God dwells in a place, and it's in you, when you become a believer, when you become a follower of Christ, the Spirit of God dwells in you. He, sa- he says, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, when we first, when we first went to Israel, it was right after uh, Pastor Lynn, my wife, she broke her foot. And uh, we were going to Israel, and she had to walk slow. She had a big old boot on. And it it, it kind of slowed us down with the rest of the people that were with us. And we took a tour of the Western Wall. And if you go to Israel with us in June, we're taking a trip to June, uh, this June to Israel again, but if you go under the western wall, there's a tunnel system, and we're walking by it, and the rest of the crew was very far in front of us, and we came to this spot, and I was just like, wow, what is that? It was just very intense. And it was actually, I turned, and there was a plaque on the wall that said, this is the closest spot you can be to the, where the original Holy of Holies was in the temple. Tell you, the presence of God, you could still sense the presence of God there. But I want you to know that the presence of God is just not located in one section of, of Israel, in Jerusalem. As a believer, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in you. It says, In Him, he, he lives and moves and has His being. And the Spirit of God wants you to know that. So when we look at this text, one of the things that's amazing is that the second angelic visitor. Many biblical scholars look at that as a pre-incarnate presence of Jesus Christ showing up to speak over the people what's going to happen. That the Lord would be with them. He's never going to leave them. He's never going to forsake them. He's never going to abandon them. He's never going to leave them high and dry. He's going to be there, and he's going to be a wall of fire around them. So what does a wall of fire do? It protects you from enemy onslaught. A lot of times we think of fire as destructive. The fire of the Lord is protective. It is a barrier between us and the enemy. You know, I was a wilderness survival instructor. You know, that's what I did when I was, I was younger. I had a degree in recreation and parks. I was going to be a park ranger, uh, but I had an encounter with a living God, and he changed my whole destiny. He took me from uh, giving people tours of national parks to giving people tours of the things of the Spirit. And I have become obsessed with things of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that God taught me when I was uh, a forestry person was that if an animal was going to attack you, you take fire to defend it. If you're out in the woods camping and, and a, a wolf comes by and you pull a, a log out of the fire and you wave it back and forth, that wolf is going to be chased away because of the fear of the fire. Let me tell you, the wall of fire, the ring of fire that God puts around you and I is a protective thing that does two things. It keeps the enemy away from you, keeps him away from charging you and coming in, trying to devour you because he will try to devour you, but he does not have the ability to because you're protected by the Lord. But the second thing it will do, it will purify you on the inside. The Spirit of the living God will come in and purify you. That's why one of the things about this this place that we're at, this church, we are not about condemning people. We're about setting them free. And a lot of times when you come in and you have some junk in you, you may feel like we're condemning you. We're not condemning you. We're trying to set you free. You know, the enemy wants you to feel a spirit of condemnation. But if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is a spirit of freedom, a spirit of release, a spirit of being set free so you could walk in the destiny that God has called you to do. So when we look at this text, I love verse five. Look what it says. For I will be a wall of fire around it. What? Around Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem was the dwelling place of God. It was where the spirit of God dwelt. Let me tell you, you and I today, The Lord wants to come in and be a wall of fire around you, the person that you are, the man or woman of you are in faith. doesn't matter how young, how old, how long you've been in the faith, how much you know of Scripture, how much you don't know of Scripture. The Lord says this, I will be a wall of fire around you. And then he says at the end of verse 5, I love this, he says, and I will be the glory of Actually, the the word there is it's where we get the Shekinah presence of God. It's the dwelling place of God where? Within you. With inside of you. His spirit will live and dwell and move and have his being. And I, I love this vision because what the vision was basically saying to the Old Testament and to you and I today is this. Don't let the outward things get you or don't let the inward things get you because the Lord is with you. He's going to be there to provide and protect and defend and support you. And then he says this. It's actually, if you go back in one verse to verse 4. In Zechariah 2.4, he says this. Run and tell the young man Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. There is something powerful when you declare what God is doing in your life. You hear me? There is something very, very powerful when you vocalize what God is doing in your life. Because it's not just about you folks. It's Really, it's not. It's not about just you knowing God's doing something. You need to declare it to people around you. You need to proclaim to the people around you what God is doing. Because you know what it does? It stirs the faith in them. Sometimes, you know, you just need a, a little help from a friend. You know, you just need someone to just say something to you, encourage you, speak into you, say, you know, hey, this is what God's doing in my life. And because i tell you what about fire, fire spreads. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Fire, a little fire over here isn't going to stay contained. When you add a little bit more fuel or you get a little wind into it, what's going to happen? It's going to spread. And your vocalization of God's work in your life is contagious to other people it takes a spark it just takes that little spark and the fire is going to start to grow so i want to encourage you don't keep it to yourself you know one of the principles i learned a long time ago is my testimony is your prophecy my testimony of what god's done in my life is the declaration over your life that god can do the same thing in yours because i don't know about you but I, i put my pants on one leg at a time you know Sometimes I try to do it both times, I fall over. You know, you gotta put one step forward and then put the other step forward and watch and see what God does. And I tell you, when you do that, you're gonna see some amazing things because scripture says it over and over and over, we are to declare the goodness of God. You know, we sing worship songs. Why do we sing worship songs in church? Well, we need to fill an hour of service. No, that's not the reason. We sing worship songs because worship builds our faith in the Almighty. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says in in the book of Isaiah chapter 26 verse 1. In that day that song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, God makes salvation its walls and its ramparts. The prophet Isaiah was declaring to the people that the the strong tower around us is gonna be vocalized to the people around us so they could hear it and it's gonna reinforce who our God is. Our God is a strong tower, he's a defender, he's our champion, he's the one that allows us to overcome. And it's not us by ourselves, it's we together. Although we are few, we are many. Why, because we're united in Christ. That's why it's so important for us to gather together, to be with people of faith, to encourage one another. You know, I just read a study this last week that talked about the, the negative mental health consequences from isolation. There, you know, you start getting weird. Some of you are weird to begin with, but the, you're going to get even weirder as the result of this coronavirus. You know why? Because being isolated does something to the way we think. And God says it's not good for you to not fellowship with one another. That's why I am so, oh, thank you, Jesus. We can gather together. The first day that we've had two services together. And I'll tell you, it's, it's the reason we had two services because I believe there's going to be an increase in this house. And God's going to do something, and we're just getting ready. It's kind of like, ladies, I've, I've never been pregnant. I've been a really good labor coach, though. Uh, I was a really good labor coach until I ate that taco salad, and Lynn goes, Get away from me, you smell disgusting, you know? And I did. I, I, I probably should have gargled or brushed or like had altoids or had like maybe, you know, drank something that would kill the state, you know? But I know this when you're in transition, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Yeah, but transition is about to birth something new. And I believe in the Spirit, God is birthing something new through us. God is birthing something new in this house. God is birthing something new through the finances of this house. God is birthing something new through the spiritual capacity of this house. And I tell you, God has got something for you. You just got to step into it and declare it. Be like the prophet and just sing it forth. You know, because one of the things that I know about the Lord is if you continue to read the book of Zechariah, in chapter 9, verse 8, he says, I'm going to make my encampment. Where? At the temple. You know, God wants to set up residency in you. He wants to set up not just this come and go kind of powerful spiritual experience. He wants to set up a a base camp in you that the Holy Spirit can move in you and operate in you and flow through you. So when you're out there, Michael, you're out there painting a house, the Holy Spirit's going to move upon you. Kim, when you're out there doing electrical work, and you're out there and you feel the charge, and it's not a 220, it's not the 110, it's the Holy Spirit flowing through you. When you're there working with the kids, Robin, the Holy Spirit's going to use you. Matthew, when you're doing running cables and running stuff, the Holy Spirit's going to be moving through you. We need to be people who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit wherever we're at, not just on a Sunday morning. And that comes from dwelling in his presence. And so when I look at this scripture, one of the things he says, he says, Never again will the oppressor do what? Overrun my people. For now I'm keeping watch. You know, I was mean, this is really hard for some of you to imagine, but I was a smart mouthed little kid. You know? Yeah, I, I know. It's hard for you to imagine. But I was, I, I had a mouth that would not stop, and I got the daylights beat out of me many times because I deserved it. But I remember the one time that I was, I was down at the park, I was down, we had a park, a playground near my house, and I was, I was playing basketball, and a guy came over and grabbed the ball and like gave one of those, you know, throws it in your chest and knocks the wind out of you, you know. And, and I remember he was picking on me, and, and all of a sudden he stopped, and I thought it was because I, you know, flared up my 93-pound body, you know. But what happened was my six-foot-two brother behind me that I didn't see came to defend me. Let me tell you, you have someone bigger than a six-foot-two brother coming to defend you. You have the Lord of hosts. You have the commander of the heavenly host. You have the one that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have the one that could pull out a sword of the spirit and kill demons. You have the one that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you are able to imagine or ask. That is the God that says he's going to be with you. He's going to not only do that, he says, I'm going to encamp around you. And then you know what's amazing? That's the history of our God. Because all through Scripture, if you go back to the book of Exodus and look at where the children of Israel were wandering for 40 years in the desert, what did he do for them? Look at, look at Exodus chapter uh, uh, chapter 13, verse 21 and 22. He says, I will be, I love this, I will be a pillar of cloud to guide them, and I'll be a pillar of fire to protect them. He'll be a, a cloud to keep them from being uh, affected, and I'll be a fire to guide them and direct them. You see, God's word over and over and over declares that to us. And he says, you know, you may think this is how you're going to fight your battle, but I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's going to give you a divine strategy. And when you are a person of the Spirit and you allow the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you and direct you, you are taken into a new dimension spiritually that other people have no battle plan against. Do you hear me? When you're walking in the Spirit, there is no strategy that Anyone can come against. You know why? Because the Lord's with you. He hasn't changed, folks. He hasn't changed in centuries. He hasn't changed at all. He's still the same. And not only will he do that, he will give you the ability to to be young. Like I was picking on Rhonda in the first service. You know, Rhonda gets on the the the, the phone with her her doctor, and she, girl, you look good. Did you go under the knife or something? And Rhonda's like, No, I just had the Holy Spirit in me. You know. <laughs> You know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit allows you to run and not grow weary, allows you to walk and not faint, Let you, to, let you when you're, you're getting old, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting old. You know, Pastor Lynn, she teases me. Some mornings I get up, I'm walking to the bathroom, and she goes, I hear the sound of dry bones rattling. Totally, <laughs> she's ruined that song for me. I mean, just destroyed it, you know? It was bad enough when I was like, the you know, Rice Krispie Treat, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Now I've got a worship song, and every time we sing, I'm like, Lord, I need to go spend some time alone with you, you know, but this, this song just doesn't do it anymore, you know? When we grow old, self-pity, Rhonda, come here and pray for me, okay? We, we get a joke. We joke all the time. We tease each other all the time because I deserve it, and anyway... When, when you are uh, in a presence of the Lord, he changes you, he gives you the ability to be young when you're old. When people say you shouldn't be able to do what you're doing, you could say, you know why? Because I've got the, the blood of my Father running through my veins. i got the power of the Holy Spirit running through my veins. I, I, I may be old in body, but I'll tell you, I'm going to be young in spirit. I'm going to be a person that says, you know, there is no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. There will be weapons. They'll be formed, but they're not going to prosper. And I'll tell you why they're not going to prosper. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And the Spirit of the living God, when he comes in you and dwells in you, and not only dwells in you, but he sets up permanent residence. This is not temporary shelter, folks. This is not something the Lord says, well, I'll come and dwell in you for a little bit, and when something else comes along or someone else better than you comes along, he says, no, I am going to dwell in you. I am going to set up permanent residency in you. I don't have a temporary visa. I don't have a 6-month a, a, a or a 12-month visa. I've got residency. I am a citizen that dwells in you is what the Lord says. And he says he does this because he wants to empower you with the Spirit. And that is the purpose of the the ring, the wall of fire around us, because he protects you and then he dwells in you. You know, one of the things that is is amazing, we sing that song, uh, This is How I Fight My Battles. You know, a lot of times people, they want to fight their battles in the flesh, but that's not how you fight when you're in the Spirit. You cannot fight... Spiritual principalities and powers by being in the flesh. You have to be in the spirit. That's why when you fight, you're fighting things in the flesh, you don't get the results. That's why, as Christians, we've got to be people who are baptized in love. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't just about speaking in tongues, folks. It's about transformation of your entire life. It's about transformation in such a way that people are around you and there goes, I don't know what it is about you. You're just different. There's something different about you. What is it? And Anthony would say, (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of the dwelling God living in you. It's the presence of God being in you and flowing through you and protecting you and guiding you and directing you. And also it's because of your testimony of what God has done through you that other people could come to faith. We don't keep it to ourselves, folks. We freely give it. We pass it out. We're like the bread line, just throwing out loaves of bread to everyone. We're the person that says, you know what? I have the presence of the, of the living God in me, and I want to share his goodness with you. Amen. You know, this well, it was a week and a half ago we had a staff meeting. Pastor Sandy went to a little, little marcada down the street here on Monterey and got these cream-filled Mexican Horn. horns. No sé en español. I don't know how to say it, but I, I know how to eat it. It's like... <laughs> And yesterday, my wife and I, we were up in town, we were driving around, and I said, hey, let's, uh, Lynn goes, we need, some, we need to go get some bread. I'm like, I got the place. <laughs> and we went into this little ponderia, and I, the, my eyes were like to the pot of gold. It was this little tiny thing about this long, filled with custard, sitting there. And it was taste and see that the Lord is good. And I tell you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you want to go back to it again, again, and again. You know, there's a passage in the Old Testament that's very interesting. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. And it's a story of, of uh, the presence of the Lord defending his people. Listen to what it says 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. Now, the king of Aram was at war against Israel. You see, Israel, the history of Israel was they were constantly being attacked. There's a joke, my wife's Jewish, there's a joke about uh, Israel that if you get a, a group of Israelis together, a bunch of Jews together, they'll say, you know, they'll tell about how people are beating them up and then they eat. That's just Israel culture. When you go to Israel with us, you will come back 10 pounds heavier because you will eat amazing food, okay? And, and, and this is what happened. People were attacking them, they were going after them. And after consulting with his servants, he said, this is the king of Aram. My camp will be in such and such a place. And then the men of God sent word to the king of Israel. You see, the enemy said, we're going to set up our camp here. But what happened? The people of God heard the voice of the Spirit. That's why it's so important for us to be spirit-filled people. And he said, they went to sent the word to the king of Israel. Be careful about passing this place, for the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel sent word to the place of, uh, uh, the men of God had pointed out, and time and again, Elisha warned the king so that it would be on his guard against such places. For this reason, think about this. Can you imagine being in war and all your plans are being divulged? And for this reason, the king of Aram became enraged and called his servants to demand of them, Tell me, which one of you is on the side of the king of Israel? But one of his servants replied, No one, my lord king, the king. For Elisha, the prophet of Israel, tells the king of Israel every word you speak in your bedroom. So the very quiet places that you go and you speak, the, listen to this. This is important for you to grasp. The plans that the enemy has to destroy you, God will speak to you about those plans. He will divulge those plans. you know why? Because he's a wall of fire around you, and he's, he's, his glory is dwelling in you. And then he says this. On receiving the report, uh, uh, he says, go to where he is that I may send men to capture him. On recovering the re- uh, report, Elisha is in Dotham. The king of Aram sent horses and cavalry and a great army, and they went there by night. See, he sent a, a whole force of people to catch him. They did it under the, under the darkness of night so people wouldn't see them coming. But look what happened. And when the servant of the man of God got up, he went out early in the morning, and there it was. The army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city and he asked elisha oh my master what are we to do and elisha said do not be afraid you see when the enemy comes against you your first thing to do is be fearful and right there is the battle strategy he's already got you won. he's already beaten you he's already defeated you because fear and faith are mutually uh exclusive they 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 push each other in the opposite direction That's why it's so important for you to be people of the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so what happens? Elisha, I love this. He says, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Don't you love that? That's faith speaking. They were surrounded. They were surrounded. But yet he did not have fear. And then Elisha prayed, O Lord, Please open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he said this. He saw that the hills were filled with the horses and the chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is how we fight our battles. We don't fight in the flesh, we fight in the spirit. We release the Holy Spirit through us. We pray in the spirit, we come against things in the spirit. We, we, we allow the, the fire, the, the wall of fire and the glory of the Lord that is within us. A two, two-handed battle strategy that we have. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what is it that the wall of fire needs to protect you from or burn out of you this morning? What is it? What is it? What, is it? what mountain do you have that you're challenged with? That you're saying, you know, Lord, I don't know what you can do. Don't look at it with eyes of fear. Look at it through eyes of faith. Don't look at it through eyes that say, I am i can't do this, but look at it through say, to say this. This is the Lord's on my side. Oh, I, they, they, I may be surrounded, but Lord, they don't know this. I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by that wall of fire. I'm surrounded by the spirit of the living God. I have the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. And Lord, I'm going to just fan into flame that spirit is within me i'm going to pray in the spirit lord i'm going to pray with understanding i'm going to speak out what god wants to do and i'm not going to allow a spirit of fear to overcome with overcome me right now lord speak to your sons and daughters mm. come on come on what do you what do you what are you challenged with this morning folks what, what do you need the Lord to break off of you this morning? What is it that you need that you need God to just tear it down in your life? What is it that you need to say, God, I need you to overcome this in my life? Is it a spirit of fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it, it, it that you, you, you can't do things on your own? Well, let me tell you, you're not on your own. There is one that walks closer than a brother with you. There is one that is there for you at every moment. Yes, what is it? Worship team, lead us in that song. Yes, God.
4: Yes, surround
2: us, Lord. Get it deep in our spirit, Lord, that you're with us. Come on, folks. Start speaking out what the Lord's telling you to speak out. Come on. Why don't you stand up and worship him? You need to start speaking faith into your situation. What is it that the Lord wants you to overcome? What is it that the Lord wants you to to tear down that's keeping you back? What is it that the Lord is saying to you that right now that you need to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to overcome? Yes, God. Yes, Lord. You are a wall of fire around us, Lord.
0: What the Lord says, and if this is you, you need to get prayer. There's prayer teams on the side. We want you to get. I want you to get prayer because you need a covenant. Make this scripture. What Pastor David talked about—the story of Elisha and the servant—and he spoke to the servant, and and he said, "Lord, reveal to him what is in the heavenly realms, or what is actually going on, so that the servant saw." The chariots of fire around Elisha and the servant protecting. But this is what the Lord says. As I was praying, the Lord said, there are people that you second guess the voice of God. You you constantly second guess my voice. This is what the Lord's saying. Um, And he says, I'm teaching you in this season to not only listen to my voice, but act on my voice. And the Lord is saying that he wants to teach you to see what he is showing in the spirit realm. And the Lord is saying that the human words are from the world. And that even there are even maybe even Christians that are carnal Christians in your life. They're not people full of the spirit and you're listening to them. But the Lord says, no, do not listen to carnal Christians because carnal Christians don't have my mind The Lord says, I want you to hear my voice. I don't want you to listen to people who are speaking against the voice of God, my voice, so that you can see. Because when you see what I'm doing, you will act upon what I'm doing. And this is how you win the battles. You win the battles by being in agreement with what I'm doing. You do not fight against flesh and blood, but you fight against principalities and powers in a high place. I have have given you the keys to the kingdom. I have given you keys to unlock. But in order for you to do that, you have to hear my voice. You have to hear my voice. So if you are saying, if, you, if this is true of you, if you say, you know what, I do experience kind of confusion. Or I am not confident in hearing the voice of God. I feel fear even um, to hear the voice of God or fear to act on it. I may hear it in prayer, but then I double, I like, I have a double thought about it. I second guess myself. That's what the Lord says. I you second guess your ability to hear. And the Lord is sending his word today and saying, I am, I am launching you into hearing my voice just as that servant WHAT HAD BEEN LAUNCHED TO SEE WHAT God was doing, the Lord says, today is your launch day, that you are not only going to hear my voice like a static radio, but you are going to hear my voice clearly, and you are going to have confidence that you hear my voice, and you act upon my voice, even when things seem impossible in the physical realm, you will know that it is my voice, and you will act on it, and that's going to break forth into your life a miracle." Miracles, and it's going to break forth into your life, seeing what you never thought could happen in the physical realm come to pass because you believed my word, not the word of humans, not the report of humans, not the report of this world, but the report of the Lord. You believe the report of the Lord. Now, if that's you, the Lord, see, this is how it goes. The fire around you is the reason why you double guess The voice of the Lord is because you fear failure. You fear going in the wrong direction. And the Lord is saying, I will be a wall of fire around you. I will be a ring of fire around you. Just believe me. Just believe what I say. And just act upon my word. The Lord is launching you. If you say, "I do, I do struggle with confusion. I do struggle with second guessing the voice of God in my life," I, you need to get you need to get prayer. Either come now. If if that's you, it's okay. It's okay. No shame in it. That's how we learn to walk. Little kids they learn they stumble and then they learn to walk. If you feel like you know what, I I struggle with confidence in hearing God's voice. Come on, step out. THIS IS HOW I FIGHT MY BATTLES, I'M GONNA FIGHT THEM,
4: I'M
0: NOT GONNA STAY IN THE SAME PLACE, I'M GONNA MOVE FORWARD, I'M GONNA MOVE FORWARD, STEP OUT, YES, YES, LORD, YES, LORD, Lord.
4: Yes, Lord. YES,
0: LORD, Yes, Lord. This is how to
4: fight my yes,
0: Lord. I want to speak to the the Nepalese, the Indian people, the ministers listening to this right now. I want to declare and to decree over you that. The Lord is that wall of fire around you, and I want to take captive that spirit of fear that sometimes can grip you. The spirit of fear that uh, the enemies of the faith around you, those principalities and powers around you, they will not touch you. That's what the Lord says. I, as I speak this word, the Lord says, "Do not fear." The Lord says, "I want to bring you revelation right now of my presence." I want. Want you to have the revelation of the angels that I have commanded regarding your ministry, regarding the, the people, the, the church that you pastor or the children you care for. The Lord says, I have commanded angels regarding you. Right now the Lord says, I want to take away that spirit of fear. For the Lord says, I have not given to you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The Lord says, I want to take away the. worries, The Lord says, I want to defeat that worry that you go through sometimes because you hear the raging of the enemy. You hear the threats of the enemy. The Lord says, those threats are rendered powerless. Those threats, the Lord says, I am shutting the lion's mouths. They will not hurt you. Even if you feel that you've been thrown in the den sometimes, the Lord says, it's only for my glory. It's only for my glory. I will not allow you to be consumed. I will not allow anything to overtake you. The Lord says, I will protect you as you enlarge your territory, as you expand your ministry, as you go and you take back what the enemy has stolen. For the Lord says, the world is the Lord's and everything that is in it. And the Lord says, I have given to you every place you set your foot. That's what the Lord says in Joshua. I have given to you every place. You have set your foot, so be bold and be courageous. Fear not, for I am with you. I am with you. The Lord sends his word to you today. The Lord sends you. Some of you, even as you're listening right now, as you're watching, the Lord says, I have given you a vision. I have given you a vision to enlarge the territory of your ministry. And the Lord says, go forth in it. You have had like going back and forth, whether you should do it. You have worried about the provision and the Lord says go for it. Go for it. It's time for you Isaiah 54 to enlarge your territory. Stretch your tent curtains wide. The Lord says Isaiah 54 no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. This is a prophetic word to you so go forward in that new thing that the Lord has asked you to do for I will be a ring of fire around you. I will be your fire in the night I will be your cloud by day Says the Lord I will go with you Come on worship team Come on The Lord is speaking We thank you Lord for your word Yes Lord I'm
4: surrounded by you fight
0: my battles Come on Come on Yes Lord We're on the advance.
4: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.
0: This is what the Lord says. She says that scripture, the story in Kings, about the enemy, how Elisha, the Lord had given Elisha the the strategy of the enemy, and the enemy said, it sounds like he hears what we say in the chambers. The Lord says, you know what? For you who are parents or grandparents, the Lord is going to give you such an ear to hear What he's trying, what the... The Lord's gonna give you an ear to hear what the enemy's trying to do to destroy so that you block it, so that you block it, so that there it does not succeed, so the strategies of the enemy does not succeed. That's why the word about clair- being hearing the voice of God is so important and not having a double mind because it's connected for you to step in when the enemy's trying to come into your family, into your home life, into your marriage into your teenagers, into your children, into your nieces and nephews, into your friends' kids, whatever that may be. The Lord's saying, I want to clarify my voice in your ear so that uh, you can hear the strategy and you can block what the enemy is doing because I have given you that ability to do that. COME ON. HE'S MADE YOU POWERFUL. HE'S MADE YOU POWERFUL. SO HE'S, he's HONING THE EAR TO HEAR. He's, HE'S BUILDING YOUR CONFIDENCE. HE'S BUILDING YOUR CONFIDENCE TO HEAR HIS VOICE. HE'S BUILDING YOUR CONFIDENCE TO ACT ON HIS WORD. HE'S BUILDING YOUR CONFIDENCE. HE'S BRINGING YOU TO A NEW LEVEL IN HIM FOR HIS GLORY. YOU KNOW WHAT? WE ALL NEED THAT not just some of us, all of us, come on. Let's raise our hands. And say, Lord, increase. Increase in us to hear your voice. Increase in us the clarity, the clarity to hear your voice. Lord, that we can be those watchmen on the wall, just like Elisha was. The fact is this. Quit being afraid of the enemy. Quit being afraid of the enemy. The the enemy is defeated through Jesus Christ, and you dwell in Christ. And the Lord says, quit being afraid. Quit being afraid. Guess what? The enemy's more afraid of the power that's in you than you should be afraid of him. For the power in you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Lord, we receive it. Like Come on. Bed. Come on. Let's receive it. Increase, increase, bed. increase, increase, how increase, my increase. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
4: Yes, Lord. Yes Lord this is how best. This is
0: how... Lord, we thank you for your word, that you are that fire in us, and you are a fire around us, Lord. Lord, you direct us even by your fire. When we don't know what to do, you said, I'm going to be a fire by night. I'm going to make sure that you know what to do even when it seems like you should be blind because of the uncertainty or the darkness around you. I am your fire or your light by night. Lord, we don't have to fear no matter what the circumstance may be. We don't have to fear because you are our wall of fire. Lord, and your presence. The fire of the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Lord, we give you thanks for who you are. And now, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, may we walk in the truth of your word. May we walk in your revelation of your word. May we go away changed as a result of the word of the Lord that has come to us this day. And we thank you for it in your name. God bless you. Have a great day. See Next week. God bless you, those online. Thank you for joining us.